Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app or on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. We're also on Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and you can find us at fivereasonsports.com. Spell that one out. We do not have a paywall. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. Includes our friends over at All Pro Construction Builders. We know in South Florida, hurricane season always around the corner, even if it's March. Make sure you contact All Pro Construction Builders now. They specialize in impact windows and doors. They, they, they service both residential and commercial properties, state-certified licensed and insured general contractor. And again, they service Miami-Dade, Monroe, and Broward counties. Locally made American products, family-owned and operated. Reach out to our guy, Danny. He's a huge Miami Heat fan. 305-484-4429. That's 305-484-4429. You get a free estimate. And if you mention five reasons, you also get a 10% discount. There is the Instagram page if you're watching us on YouTube. All Pro Construction Builders. Danny is at 305-484-4429. And now, tonight's episode. Down to Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel and on your favorite podcast app. Here's today's floor plan. I'm Ethan Skolnick. You can follow me at Ethan J. Skolnick on Five Reasons Sports. We've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. We've got Alex Toledo. You can follow him at Tropical Blanket. Today is one of those tough podcast days because it just felt like on Twitter, like everything just collapsed. I, it's, there's just a frustration level with this team this year. It is almost better to be bad and start to look ahead to the offseason than to be head faked constantly. 
And this team has been a head fake from the very start. It is one step forward and one step back. They follow a really good win in Philadelphia against Joel Embiid and the Sixers with a really bad loss at home against no Joel Embiid and the Sixers. And they did it in a way that was completely frustrating because they scored 37 points or whatever it was in the first quarter. And then they get outscored 37 to 15 in the second quarter. And they just look hapless and hopeless offensively. And eventually the defense collapses. And as of today, as we're speaking, Greg, they are a minus 1.0 in net rating. And yet I felt like on Twitter today that everything was coming down on one guy. And, and I think that's what we need to discuss here. Because, it, it, again, I don't know that this is a general consensus everywhere. But it feels like when this team struggles now, it's all because Bam and Jimmy are not going to get blamed, even though we need to take a look at Bam's numbers since the All-Star break because they have collapsed, okay? But it's always, okay, well, the build around Jimmy and Bam. So then it becomes, okay, is the third guy good enough? And we've talked about the third guy constantly, and I talked about him uh, today on, on Starting Nine, which is still on the YouTube channel, about you know the guard play in general. The guard play in general has been awful lately. It's been awful. It's not just one guy. Victor Oladipo has been awful lately. Gabe Vincent has been awful lately, with the exception of one game. Max Strews has not really been good for a very long time this season. Duncan Robinson is essentially unplayable. Kyle Lowry, who we're going to discuss over the course of this episode, I mean, now, I said three weeks ago, I didn't expect him to play again for this team this season, and people laughed at me. It seems to be trending that direction at this point. The guard play has just not been good enough consistently, but it all seems to fall on Tyler, and and, and I I get why. Um, He's a lightning rod for a whole bunch of different reasons, but also for the fact that he's got a huge extension that kicks in next year. And also, again, in Heat history, it has often been about the third guy. Is Chris Bosh good enough? Is is Eddie Jones good enough? Is Jamal Mashburn good enough? And now the question is, is Tyler Hero good enough? So I'll start here. Greg, I'm looking at his numbers since the All-Star break, and they're bad. Okay, it's just four games, but and he's shooting 33% from the floor. He's averaging four rebounds, three and a half assists. Uh, prior to the All-Star break, he was averaging six rebounds and more than four assists. For the All-Star break, he was averaging almost 21 points. Now he's at 16 points. The shooting percentage has collapsed from 44 to 33. How much of this is Tyler's fault? I don't know about blaming Tyler for it necessarily. Like, this team is a mess collectively, and they all need to roll around in their own shit a little bit, I think, um, because, like, I don't think it's fair to take any one player or individual and pin it all on them. But unfortunately, uh, when you have Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo appearing to be around the height of their powers, that's where we're going. It's it's what are you having to build around those guys? And unfortunately, Tyler Hero was was like the cute story on a rookie deal. But next year, things change and expectations change. And you see, I guess, ultimately that he like you, you look at the team that was brought back. What were the changes that were made? He was he ended up starting. So I think people are going to look to that because it's an easy it's an easy visual cue of something very blatant that was different. He's not on the bench anymore. Now our bench sucks, um, but he doesn't quite fit with the starters. So, like, I think that just that is a tough position for him to be in. It's not all his fault. But I keep coming back to that. Uh, 
if he's not going to be able to show up and it's all about the playoffs. Like, I think that this is the other part of this that we're kind of talking in circles throughout the regular season. And part of the frustration of the fans is that it's always been about getting to the playoffs. And now this team looks like it could even miss the damn playoffs. You needed to see Tyler hero show up there. And so just like when you're relying on him more and more and the team is sliding more and more, I just think it calls into question, can you really build a sustainable model with him as your third best player if you're trying to win right now? If you're trying to win four years from now, maybe that's a totally viable timeline, but right now it looks a little bit crunched. Alex, I'm going to go over his overall numbers for the season. He's played 49 games. He's averaged 35 minutes. He's averaging 20.3 points, 5.6 rebounds, 4.3 assists, uh, and shooting splits are 43, 37, 92. I, I think if you went into the season and just read those numbers out, you'd be like, all right, there's a leap, right? I mean, you're, you're, t- I mean, you're talking about 26 and four, 26. I mean, those are Dwayne Wayne numbers. I know the game has changed. Okay. I know I'm saying like, it's close, not the scoring stuff, but the other stuff. The, you know, but the game has changed, okay? Obviously, Dwayne would be averaging 35 today, the way that you can't handshake. Every, there's more 40-point games this season than I think there's been in, like, 40 years. Um, it was, like, so, eight last night. Yeah, it was crazy, okay? And so you have to compare it against that. So maybe in another timeline, this 26 and 4 would look more like 17, you know, 5 and 3 or something like that, okay? But still, it, it's a strong season. Like, right, if you were saying before the year, again, even that his shooting splits were 43-37-92 for a two-guard in the NBA, you're like, all right, I'll take that. But it doesn't feel like that. Yeah, and that's the problem because I, when I try to think of his season as a whole, I don't think he's been a huge disappointment. I just think it's gotten worse especially in the year 2023 and more specifically since he came back from that in that one injury a while back I can't recall what it was right now I just felt like he hasn't looked the same ever since and I haven't pulled up those numbers from when he came back from injury but I did pull up his numbers in 2023 and man it's just rough man like he has a two to one assist to turnover 33 percent from three and you know what I mean like they it's it's problematic because there's always a blame game going on, right? And it's it's felt like at times this season, obviously when he was playing, Kyle was the guy. Obviously last season, Duncan was the guy people would blame when they lost. And ever since Kyle has gone out, people are now, you know, kind of, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to censor myself. They're crapping on Gabe. You know, they're crapping on Tyler. And I understand why, crapping on Max. And now the, the Tyler one is a different conversation because he just signed that contract. He just signed that extension. And everybody knows that he is a pillar, a foundation, whatever you, whatever you want to call him, of this team, the third best player, and they need him to play really well in the playoffs if they want to win in just in the first round, right? We're not even talking about going far. Like, they need him to play great if they want to advance past the first round or good for his standards. And it's become problematic because the rest of the team's downfall in shooting it's t- it's put so much pressure on him to be good every night. Him, Jimmy, and Bam specifically, but I, I think Jimmy and Bam, you kind of already know what you're gonna get. Tyler is on a different tier than those guys, which is obvious. But he's a good player who now coming back from injury, not looking the same, whatever. Like the margin for error is so small that things are kind of falling apart at the seams, and I think that's what's happening here because I do think he's gotten better this season, and some of the numbers bear it out that way. As far as like you know, he got. A little bit better as a playmaker, it shows in his overall assist percentage, turnover percentage for the season. It's gotten a little, a little bit better. 
The shooting numbers are still there, just a slight dip in three-point from uh, around 38 last year to just under 37 or something, somewhere around there. I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but everything would tell you that he's been more or less the same player, but marginally better and obviously in a bigger role. The problem is nobody else is doing their thing. And when they lose, you know, when they have two recent blowout losses after a whole season full of, you know, crunch time losses, I feel like everything is kind of coming to a head and, and it's like, oh, well, where has Tyler been for the past little while? And it's like, well, maybe we should have been talking about this more. But it's, it feels like he hasn't had quite that. There's always like a couple of good games in between that make you forget about it because it's not just, you know, two months straight of bad play. It's well, just he played, well, down he, and you need him to be better than that. Well, he had a big scoring game against Charlotte, right? I mean, he was he was one of the few guys uh, who did. I, I, I think th- there's so many metrics to look at with Tyler in terms of his performance and how it affects the team. And I, I know that he wasn't thrilled with the narrative that I put out there that like he shows up more in, in, in losses than wins. And, and, I, and I think he got misconstrued what I was talking about there. It does not mean that like you don't want Tyler to play well because if he does, you'll lose. That's not that it's, it's not a correlation, causation, all that kind of stuff. It just it just seems like they lose to some good teams. And those teams are physical with him, Greg. A lot of them take him out of his game a little bit. Uh, but, but, but I'm, I'm looking at the overall numbers here and again, the, the wins and losses thing has held up through almost the entire season. I, you know, cause I, I haven't looked at it in a while in wins this year, 26 playing 26 wins. He's averaging 19 points, uh, shooting 41% from the floor in losses. He's averaging more than 22 points, averaging 45% from the floor. So again, and, and he's shooting 38% from three in losses and 36% from three in wins. His rebounds and assists are pretty much pretty much the same across the board. Uh, I guess most people look at that and go, okay, well, that's sort of contrary to what you'd expect because you'd say, if we're talking about, well, you need the Heat's third best player to be really good for them to win, the reality is uh, in his biggest games they've lost. A lot of, a lot of his biggest games they've lost. Uh, so maybe we have the premise of this wrong. Maybe him him being great is not important for them to be great. Um, but it just doesn't seem, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't seem like even though he's taken a step, it does not seem to be contributing to winning, I think, the way that we hoped it would. And the other part of this, Greg, that's a little bit odd is that we've always talked about how the connection between him and Lowry looks weird. But Tyler's play has dropped off since Kyle went out. So maybe yeah. we had that one wrong, too, because Tyler was playing better when Kyle was playing. Yeah, I don't know if that's sample size or what. I mean, Could I know be. that um, when did Kyle go out? Do you guys remember when that was? Because, I mean, over the last the 20. Break, wasn't it? it was about a week before the All-Star break. I mean, the last 20 games, Tyler's shooting 33% from downtown. So, like, he right. can't run from that no matter who he's playing around. All and of so, 2023, he's shooting 33% from downtown. There we go. Okay. So, like, at at some point, he has to look at, like, what is his uh, – like, when you get the bill of materials on Tyler Hero, what are you getting? Like, he's, a supposed, to, he's supposed to be a scorer, and he's supposed to be, like, a bucket getter that can help be – um, somebody that can create for you and be a shooter. And so like some of those things are happening. Like I don't, I don't think that we should get too critical of Tyler because um, I just think that he's not necessarily in the best spot 
with a team that also has a bunch of other guys that can't shoot straight. So then it becomes magnified on him when defenders treat Tyler a little differently than they do some of the specialists that are on the team. And I just think that Heat fans in general expect their best players to be able to transcend schemes to a degree. And then you see Jimmy come here and it don't matter what scheme you put at him in a playoff series. He figures it out. Uh, and Bam has trended in that direction, but had his own struggles with it. We haven't seen Tyler transcend those schemes. And, and I just think that until we see it in the playoffs, fans are not going to buy in and I don't blame them. I'm looking at his December. He played 15 games in December. He averaged 37 minutes. He averaged 24.3 points, uh, six rebounds and five assists on 47% shooting, including 43% from three on 9.9 attempts per game. That's when that's when he had the back-to-back crazy games, right? But 15 games, he's played. He had more games that he played a ton of games that month, and he was healthy for them. He played more games in that month than he did in, in October and November to, to combined. It's a big sample size, 15-game sample size in December when the Heat were trying to get their footing. And, he, again, he averaged more than 24 points a game on 47% and 43% from three. So we saw the leap. It happened. It happened in December, right? I mean, I know the Heat – I don't think the Heat's record was particularly good, but his leap happened. But – it seems like everybody's regressing. And again, I don't want to pick on just Tyler here because Bam has not been impactful since the All-Star break. Okay, I don't know if it's, you know, because he's been run around for four days of the All-Star break. He's had a big drop-off too. He's averaging 16 and 7 since the break. He was averaging, what, 22 and 10 prior to the break? Uh, so he's had, he's he's fallen off a little bit too. So again, I don't want to make this all about Tyler, but I, I think the reason it, it's coming up is you're seeing these crazy scoring numbers around the NBA. You're seeing, you know, Brandon Ingram's get 40-something, and Donovan Mitchell's getting 40-something, and, and Amphrey or Simons 70. is getting 40-something, and all around the league. Right, or seven, right. You see, Okay, you're seeing all of these guys get these crazy numbers. And so I do think that what was acceptable for a scoring two-guard in the NBA, uh, well, not acceptable, but was considered elite, is no longer considered elite. It's just kind of like what the best guy, you know, what the the top 15 to 20 guys do, not what the top five guys do. And so I, I think then when you're not seeing that from Tyler, when the percentages are all dropping off, we know about some of the defensive shortcomings, et cetera. You're seeing the team struggle, even though Jimmy and Bam like shot 75% from the field against Philadelphia, then it, you do start to look his way. I think after the breakout, what I want to get into here is what this means for the future. Because I, I'm with Greg in the premise that this was really about the playoffs for Hero this year. But I'm just wondering now, if this team is a playing team and they basically got one or two games to get into the playoffs and don't end up making the core playoffs in a series, how do you even evaluate it? So I want to get into that after the break. Um, before we do, though, I do want to mention the Sports Network. Our friends over at Prize Picks use that code five F I B E get that initial deposit match up to hundred dollars. And Prize Picks we Prize Picks can be found on the Google Play Store, the Apple App Store, or PrizePicks.com. There it is. Use the code five F I B E get that initial deposit match up to hundred bucks. And again, you can play if you're not just an NBA fan. You can pair with NFL when when it's going on. Obviously MLB when it's going on, but also NHL, MMA, esports. They've got everything on there. So go to Prize Picks. 
Use the code five. Also, do want to mention Better Edge. That's our betting partner. That's betteredge.com. This is legal sports betting. It's basically a stock exchange for sports betting. You can find the line that you want. That's the cool thing about this. And if you use the code 5RSN, that's the number 5RSN, you will get $20 to play. There's $20 to play just free. Give it a shot. Go to betteredge.com. Use code 5RSN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Miami Heat. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Alex, let's look ahead to the future here because Greg tipped that, that off a little bit. Tyler was 23 years old. He has been better by all metrics than we ever thought he would be when he was drafted. I mean, he has way exceeded expectations as 13th overall. A lot of guys in the teens don't make it three, four years, okay? If you, if you pick the wrong guy, this is a guy who has earned an extension at this stage who is a 20-point scorer in the NBA. Even if that's watered down, still a 20-point scorer in the NBA – unreasonably good efficiency, okay? It would seem to me like, again, this is the Bam and Tyler build as we go forward. But it's really the Bam build, isn't it? Like, it it, it, it feels like it, it's Bam, and then, okay, Tyler fits really well with Bam, and if the progress continues, then you hold on to him and you see what it is. 
But if your concern is making sure that Bam Adebayo is going to be here forever, is Tyler in jeopardy then? It's an interesting question. Um, I think, obviously, right now, we're in the Jimmy Bam-Tyler build going forward. You know, you assume Tyler Hero is going to be part of their long-term plans. They obviously really value him, I think, as a front office. Um, But your question is valid because, ideally, and we're obviously talking about post Jimmy Butler being in his prime, whatever the team looks like then, your young foundations being Bam and Tyler. And so in, in, in that perspective, it's like, ideally you want it to be Bam and Tyler plus, right? Like you get another star in there, Bam works the relationships. He get one of these other young guys who, who he's friends with. And right. That's always the, the kind of allure with the heat is who, who's the next guy. And I think that would fit very well, right? If you're talking about adding another star player in there, and there you you know, that's kind of ideal, but that's an ideal world because you can't get that star player without giving up Tyler and you know a ton of other stuff most likely, because that's just kind of where they're at. And so I don't know, I, I don't know where he stands as far as the long term because I, I know that they value him, but it's just gonna get a little tough because they've kind of they're in cap hell right now. They're almost definitely gonna be a luxury tax team next season. I don't think there's any way they can avoid it. Um, and they're just, they're in a position where after not having made, um, you know, sold guys at the deadline, they're most likely going to have to re-sign Gabe and Max. Um, and I think the only way to shake up the roster going forward is by attaching picks to your bad contracts or by, uh, obviously a star becomes available. Somebody you think that is worth trading Tyler for, and you know, you go in with picks, but that's just, that's obviously going forward. I think right now, before we even get there like you guys, and specifically Leif has talked about, he has to do it in the playoffs. And I think there's been some red flags, and I said it in, in the private chat, there's red flags, but there's also some chicken versus the egg here. Because, like, okay, for example, um, just to piggyback off uh, your narrative, Ethan, they're 9-16 and 16 as a team when he scores 22 or more. And they're 14-17 and 17 right. when he takes 16 or more field goal attempts. So the numbers are not great there as far as um you know him scoring more and that leading to wins and i understand that the the problem also is that when you look at his shooting splits versus teams that are above 500 versus teams that are below 500 it's a big time difference it's a big time difference in true shooting see, it's like see, a Alex, I, Alex, team point Alex, difference I, I and that's not the same there. for other young stars that's that's the problem like there's red flags but it's also because of the team's issues. So it's hard to evaluate where he's at. I want to stop there because that's the stat I was looking for. Okay. Cause uh, some of these other stats, like I said, he's, he scores better in losses than in wins. Well, some of it could be other guys were out. He had to do more. Right. And he's the guy who carried them back into the game. Some of those games, Jimmy missed. Okay. So, you know, that, that one, I've thrown that one out there all year, but it's a tough one. The one about him shooting more and they tend to lose is a little bit more concerning, okay? Because it, it, it sort of indicates that they don't really play their game or somehow he takes them out of their game or something along the – and so they don't – but the one the one of all the numbers that there is does seem to be correlation and causation, okay, which is what people criticize me for the other stat with, is the one against good teams, that that's that's the one that that troubles you because then it shows that there are certain teams that that have the capability and the physicality 
to take him out, okay, or to make him less efficient. And then maybe he's taking more shots, but less efficiently. And that's kind of what you see with the numbers where, you know, the more that he shoots, the less that they win. And, the, and that's the, the numbers in front of me I'm now, if you want me to say Go, yeah, go, go, go ahead. Because I'm not saying he's a quote-unquote looter in a riot, okay, which is the, the, the phrase that's used for just scoring, but it means nothing. He's not, okay? I think he's important to them. That's why we're talking about him, because we think he, I think he's important to them. But the thing about good teams, you're not going to see bad teams in the playoffs. Go, go ahead, Alex. So it, it's good that you have uh, but I decided to, to pull up the, the tweet because – that I did not quite frame it correctly. So it wasn't up versus 500 or below 500 teams. It was versus top 10 defenses versus bottom 10 defenses. That was the criteria. So Tyler's true okay. shooting percentage when he plays top 10 defenses this season is 51. When he plays bottom 10 defenses, 62. And, you know, 51 sounds good when you're talking about field goal percentage. It's not good for a true shooting percentage. No. And that difference, um, shout out John Jablanca, by the way. We should have said that from the start. He's the one that got these yeah. stats. Uh, John does he, great, he does great stuff on Twitter. Um, he's been on 5 on the floor before, a friend of the show. He also pulled up the same numbers for other young guys, like kind of in his class, like Jordan Poole, Bain, Maxi, guys we've had the conversations for when comparing to Tyler. And, they just don't have that huge difference in true shooting percentage, you know, when it comes to playing top 10 defenses versus bottom 10 defenses. Like, the it goes down by a couple percentage points, maybe three, not, you know, 11. So it's concerning, and it's also somewhat like how much is it the rest of the team not making shots and everything just being kind of going from there? Well, I was, and, and I think some of it is that. Um it would be expected, and to try to dive into these numbers a little bit more, Greg, that you would struggle a little bit more against top 10 defenses. Again, causation, correlation, chicken or the egg, right? That typically your percentage would be a couple of points, two, three, maybe four percentage points lower against the good defensive teams, but not 11 points lower. That, that, that's the thing. I, I, think, I think that's what we're getting at. He should be better against bad defensive teams. Everybody is. That's why they're bad defensive teams. But you should it shouldn't be the kind of difference because Milwaukee and Boston are not bad defensive teams, right? Like that's that's the thing. I mean, when you're ultimately looking at who you're gonna need to get past, that's the story. I was watching ESPN today. They don't like talking about the Bucks, okay? Like that that does not drive ratings for them. But when you win 16 straight, you have no choice. And I saw first take did two segments about the Bucks and the Celtics today. It's like they just can't. I think everybody has just ceded the conference to one of those two teams for good reason, okay? But those are the teams you need to get past. And so yeah. you didn't have if you're going to get past oh them, your top three guys have to be able to perform against them. All of to them. Be I know. Fair, he he did have, um, you know, because I mentioned that stat of nine and sixteen uh, when they score when he scores twenty two or more. He had, and I think I mentioned this on playback when I was looking it up uh, a, a while back. Three of those games were against Boston, and one of them was Milwaukee. So you know that's good there. Okay. You know, just you know, just to be fair. Yeah, he has played Boston well. I mean, no, he's, I, I think I think we're trying to be fair this season. But but truthfully, yeah, like I I think we're we're just at that point where when you have Jamie Butler and you have Bam Adebayo, and Bam kind of looks as good as he has looked this year. I just think you're at a spot where the patience has ran out, and it's unfortunate that that's kind of where we go but uh 
also it's a winning thing. Like I think if you took the three point percentage that the heat shot last year and applied it to this year's roster um, and the sensibilities would all change about all these guys. And so like some of this is veiled by the fact that like they can't hit the broad side of a barn for eight, nine months consecutively. Uh, I also think frankly that there's like ever since Kyle Lowry arrived, it seems like the locker room has been more split. And I don't know what that's done to a, uh, a young player like Tyler hero. I hate to like, just um, pin it on Kyle. That's not what I'm meaning to do, but it has felt a little bit like Jimmy and Kyle in one corner and some of the younger players, maybe bam, Tyler, et cetera, and the other. And, um, and that's disconcerting because you wanted it all to work in harmony. It looked like it could last year. And um and they could build on it this year. And it just, it, it, it came up short. And I just feel like it's a gut punch when you were that close last year. And then you bring everyone back. You're kind of sold on the idea of these guys coming back. And then clearly the fans, all of their fears were proven to be valid. When you look at them now, three games above 500 with 19 to go. Yeah. And, and again, this is not about just one guy. We talked about one guy tonight. Uh, because he is such a lightning rod on Twitter and other places. And I know he hears some of the noise and, and it, it is unfair. It is unfair for a guy that's averaging 20 and six and four on reasonably decent efficiency to be pinning the season on him. It's not his fault. Okay. The season is not his fault. The role players have all crashed and burned. Uh, Jimmy was not available for long stretches of the season early when the heat could have gotten momentum and gotten on a run. And as a result of some of his absences, that made it more difficult. We've talked about Kyle Lowry, who is probably, honestly, most at fault for what's happened because such a, a huge chunk of the salary cap is tied up to him, and he just has not performed this year in, in any kind of positive way. And then you even look at the you know the front office and decisions made to to pay Deadman and then Spolstra to have to play Deadman because there was no one else available at that stage, uh, which cost them several games. Oladipo has not been what they hoped he would be. He has been for short stretches. It looked like he was going to be that. He's taken a serious step back. And you mentioned it, Greg. It's just not the same. I, I think you know, you, every time, and, and I guess we have to be more educated about this now where we just call it like we see it at the time and not give the benefit of the doubt because literally every time they've run it back to a certain degree, this has happened. Every single time. And I understood why it happened this year. I, I heard their reasoning for it. Uh, Caleb Martin was a good re-sign. I still believe that. I still would re-sign him over Tucker. There wasn't a whole lot out there free agency. We've heard all the storylines. They're all correct. But the end result was they brought back a team where but still. The, the faces were the, the, the face, but still the faces were the same. The faces were the same, but maybe the agendas were different. I, and, and we sort of sense that in camp and, and also, you know, the connection was different. And I think the frustration of there not being additions in the off season and all that is culminated in this. And because, because look, because he's the third guy and because they just paid him, even though he, that has not kicked in yet, a lot of this has fallen on Tyler. Um, I hope he breaks out of it. I think he's the type of player you want to keep. Um, but he and Bam in particular, uh, Bam has dropped off since the all-star break. They need to pick it up like now. Like, I mean, they, to salvage this homestand, if the way that this thing started, I said they had to go four and two on this homestand, but I was expecting two and four. If Bam and Tyler don't play better, they're going two and four. They're going two and four. They'll, they'll, win, they'll win one of the Cleveland games and one of the Atlanta games, and they'll lose Friday night in New York. It's in New York. That's so the is way this that like this sad? Is, um, is this 
is this sad faces with hidden agendas instead of smiling? Anyway, let's end the show. Uh, yeah, it's it's exactly. Let's end the show there. All right. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, Better Edge. Use the code five RSN. Prize Picks. Use the code five. And of course, uh, our friends over at All Pro Construction Builders. Have a good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.